Yes, indeed. You know what time it is. It is the top of the hour right here on the morning machine, the machine that makes your mornings move. Phenomenal morning. Good morning and grand rising to each and everyone out here in the land. You know what the land is called. It is called Radio Land. Now, now I'm not the Arsenio Hall announcer dude, but... I can hold it a little bit, but thank you so much for making Machine a part of your daily morning routine. And part of that morning routine means great, phenomenal stories. Stories of business owners, filmmakers, scratch that. Let me say this again, award-winning filmmakers and authors. And the people that you come to know and love every time you hear The Morning Machine with consistency. That's right. I said it. Consistency. Consistency is key. And who's always been consistent with filmmaking and the works that he always taps into. He taps into his greatness being an author, being a filmmaker. By the way, did you all know that his nickname is Documentary King? Well, understandably, If you don't know, you're going to know today. You're going to learn today because Dr. Rick Mathis, documentary king, is an award-winning filmmaker and author with over 20 years of experience in photojournalism and filmmaking. He is also the founder of West End Filmmakers based right here in the A-Town where we throw down. Black excellence is always key here. He is internationally recognized as leading director, producer, and writer. Now, of course, you may have heard of this show before, HBO's Deaf Poetry Jam, right? Well, in 1997, he began his career in performing arts managing talent for that show. These poets appeared at HBO Film Festival, Deaf Poetry Jam on Broadway. They went on to win Tony Awards. So... When you look at the body of work, and there's more we're going to talk about in just later. I can't give it all away because there. if I give it all away, there's nothing to talk about. But there's plenty to talk about because he has a upcoming movie, B1, the movie, with Dr. Boyce Watkins that is out right now. And I'm glad to say he brought some stuff for me today, but I'm I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it there. I'm, I will talk about it at the end. But I want to welcome the listening audience all over the world here on the Morning Machine, tapped in with us this morning. Doctor Rick Mathis, aka Documentary King. Yeah. Good morning to you. Powerful morning. How you doing? I'm good, I'm good, man. How you feeling this morning? Uh, feeling good, feeling great. It's an honor and a privilege to be in your presence today and just having a conversation with me today about not only the journey, but what you have currently with B1 the movie. And we're going to get to B1 the movie, but as always with every single guest, I say consistency is key, right? Yes. So we're going to keep that same level of energy and take it back to the old school. Let's take it to Union Square. You know that song. Mm-hmm. I know I know everybody in the room know that song. But anyway, see, I got a smile. I, I got a yeah. smile out of the queen at the table. Mm-hmm. 
I promised her I wouldn't turn the mic on, so we're going to be all right. But the queen's at the table, too. Good morning to you, sister. How you doing? All right. I just want to make sure. All right. So with that, let's take it back to the old school. Take it to Union Square. Let's go to the start of the journey. When you were coming up, growing up, what was it that sparked your mind, sparked your interest, sparked your passion for being a filmmaker and an author? Wow. When you say when I was coming up. Yes. Now, is that in my adolescent years, my teen years, my young adult, my young adult years? Uh, which which one are you speaking about? Because there's different uh, variations and, and phases and things that happen, you know, in the evolution of Dr. Rick Mathis. You know what? That's a great question to actually no one's ever asked that question back to me, which mm -hmm. is awesome. So to be specific, adolescent, and then as we progress from there. Man, well, you know, as an ad adolescent, I thought I was going to be a pro basketball player, man. Me and my okay. cousin. You had them handles? Man, handles and the killer jump shot. Let's go. Come on. Come on now. Killer crossover and the J. But, um, but yeah, so that's what I thought, man. I was going to the NBA be a pro basketball player. Uh -huh. uh, me and my cousin, we we stayed right next door to a basketball court nice. in Valdosta. We was down in the country, you know, and uh, we stayed on the basketball court. We literally wake up mm -hmm. and we on the basketball court from sun up to sundown. So, as an adolescent, that's what I thought. But then uh, my mom moved us to Atlanta when I was fourteen. Mm -hmm. Went to uh, Frederick Douglass High School. I always shout out Frederick Douglass High School. Absolutely. About them Astros on the west side of ATL. West side, so, let's go. You know it. So, um, so yeah. So from there, uh huh. I started writing poetry. Uh, my first year of college. First mm. year of college, I started writing poetry. Started performing poetry. That's how I met the poets. Uh, that would appear on HBO's Deaf Poetry, and that's how I connected with a lot of the poets. Mm. So, yeah, so that's that's kind of how it started from there. Had the poetry career, uh, managed uh, a lot of the poets that was on HBO's Deaf Poetry, and um, went on from there, man. Uh, one particular poet that was on uh, HBO's Deaf Poetry, shout out to Georgia Me. Mm -hmm. She uh, went on to be uh, on the Deaf Poetry on Broadway. Mm-hmm which won a Tony Award, a Peabody Award, and an Emmy Award, the yes. trifecta. Mm -hmm. And then the show was taking around the world, literally, uh, starting in Aspen, Colorado. We started out there and uh, literally took the show around the world. And um, after that was done, I was like, well, what's the next phase? Like, what do I do next? Mm -hmm. You know, then I started looking at the Internet because the Internet was at the stage where we had the AOL dial-up. I don't know if you young enough <laughs> to remember that. <laughs> you remember we when, haven't heard that sound in like 20, yeah, almost 25 you know, years. You know, that, you know, when you go on the beach. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and your mama told you, and your mama picked up the phone like, didn't I tell you not to be on that internet? I got a, I got a phone call that I'm waiting for. Yeah, that's where I can't take that phone call <laughs> if you always on that internet. Exactly. That was that was my grandma yeah. back in the, <laughs> that was I took you back. Yeah. Right? Well you had one line in the house with no call waiting and yeah. You were waiting, your mama was waiting on that call, that important call that meant money for the household or something like that. And they got through with, 
<laughs> I'm like, man, don't nobody want to hear that. And then you, you got in big trouble for that. Those were the days. You can't so, get those times back. You got to so, value those. Exactly. <laughs> so so imagine if we still had to do that today with oh. one line in the house. And you can only get on the internet with one line from the phone, from I'm a, a dial-up line. Can I answer that for a second? Sure. I don't know what this generation would do <laughs> if they had dial-up right now. They would be like, dial-up man, man, it's slow, man. Come on, hurry up. I'm trying to get on here. Yeah. yeah. But, but not only that, what about getting knocked off offline and... Tying up the line, the phone line, like you just said. You know what I'm saying? If this they were, generation would never man, understand they would pull no their struggles. Hair out. <laughs> never understand no struggles. Never. I mean, and that's we funny. we keep telling people, but yeah. that's that's what it was. You know, it, you and you were able to do this in a time of what technology was brought upon us at that time in a growing state, yes. and so. What would you say was one of the challenges that you went through during that time period on route to the where you are now? Because there's it's Man. a long journey we're talking about here, yeah. and there's so many phases of this journey, and there's different challenges along the way. So what mm. was your biggest challenge along this journey so far? Man, I'm going to tell you, my biggest challenge along the journey of becoming a uh, – professional filmmaker and producer really filmmaker i would say because oddly enough i actually um produced a project before i learned how to shoot before i learned how to edit i i produced uh a poetry project called word uh-huh. that featured everybody from the last poets to amir baraka to sonia sanchez to CeeLo from the goody mob so it had a host of, of um of artists, man, but I partnered with mm-hmm. an award-winning, uh, Emmy award-winning filmmaker, and uh, I didn't know how to shoot, I didn't know how to edit, mm. and it was a major learning curve to actually learn how to edit, man, like, I was like, I was trying to figure out, like, is there just a template, and I can replace videos, Right. like, it wasn't none of that, like, you literally gotta sit down and learn the details of editing. So if you have aspiring mm-hmm. filmmakers that are out there, there are no shortcuts. Right. You got to sit your butt down in front of the computer mm-hmm. and start practicing, start learning, watch YouTube videos. Like when I started, it, there wasn't a lot of YouTube videos. So no, it wasn't. Like YouTube wasn't what it was. Again, you know, this was uh, during the, t- the time of AOL dial-up. Yeah, And that was actually the thing that uh, sparked my interest in filmmaking is because I was like, once this internet has the bandwidth mm-hmm. to hold videos, films, and things like that, it's mm-hmm. going to be a monster. And so, you know, that's what it was. So to all the filmmakers, take time to learn your craft. Study your craft and learn it. It will pay off in the end. So for let's stay on the aspiring filmmakers for a second. Mm-hmm. For aspiring filmmakers out there that are really looking to eat, they may be here in the AUC. I know of a couple that are here at Morris Brown College mm-hmm. that are getting into their own levels mm-hmm. of filmmaking and um, just really getting into the business in general. 
what were three key concepts that you stood on throughout the process of this journey? Because filmmaking is not an easy task, especially when you're an award-winning filmmaker. Things have to be exactly right, and it has to be the right touch. So what are three key concepts that filmmakers need to know, aspiring filmmakers need to know that you've stood on that have made you successful at this moment wow that's a great question um so the first one would be study your craft again study 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 uh become familiar with styles with techniques not that you're going to duplicate those styles but so that you'll know you'll know the industry standard you'll know a certain language in filmmaking Mm -hmm. so study 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 the second would be uh to deliver a product that's in black excellence. So if you look at this project here, B1. Yes. We uh, produced this project and we turned it into a DVD as well as a digital QR code. But if this project here was placed on the shelf next to any Hollywood film, it would look identical quality-wise. Mm. It could sit right next to that, to that other... Whatever movie is out right now, right. you can sit on the shelf with that, and it would it would stand on its own, mm. you know. So deliver a product in black excellence because people are going to remember that. And the last thing I would say is learn the art of storytelling, mm. filmmaking, and storytelling. So learn how to tell a story from beginning to end. So the beginning, the middle, and the end. That's filmmaking. Beginning, middle, and end. That's that's it. The arcs, the curves, the protagonists, the antagonists, you know, and the different uh, contrasts and, and transitions that uh, films have. So you definitely need to learn that. Those are the three things that I would say. I would say, uh, number one, study your crap. Number two, deliver product in black excellence. And if you're another uh, ethnicity, whatever your ethnicity is, deliver that product in excellence. And learn the art of storytelling. So let me ask this. You you spoke on the art of storytelling as mm-hmm. you're the documentary king. You have a structure to your documentaries and any project that you you are putting out there to for the world to see, right? Yes. Could you deep dive into the art of storytelling and why that's so important when anybody is telling anything if they're doing a documentary or even a feature film Mm -hmm. that is in with the intent is for every film to be a blockbuster right yes of course no no matter what yeah everybody has that particular goal in mind Mm -hmm. but when it comes if you're not a good storyteller and you're not aware of the art of your storytelling and how you're telling that story because details matter Details, are very, Details are very important and they matter. And the people are really looking for those facts, those gems, the everything that comes with the art of storytelling. But could you deep dive into the importance of why storytelling is so important to filmmaking in any really work? Any yeah, work so I uh, actually had the pleasure to learn from one of the greatest storytellers I feel that is alive today. Mm. Who do you think the greatest storyteller that's alive today, right now? 
Ooh, that's a that, that's a hard question because <laughs> I could say so many names. Give you me might three. as well just go give ahead me and three. give me three. Give me three real quick. See, see, from see, it, it kind of depends on the person. So, and and I appreciate that question because for me, when you're listening to storytellers, it could be anybody out there. It could be a poet. Yeah, it could be man. it could be a journalist. Yeah, it could be an author. It could yeah. be anyone, right? Mm-hmm. So my answers may be different from anybody else's out there in Radio Land. Yeah. So I'm going to give you my three. Okay. Who, and and I, some some are departed. So mm-hmm. I'm just gonna. I know you said alive right now, but. If you go into a live right now, if I'm talking about Atlanta, anybody in Atlanta knows this man just retired from Fox 5. Okay. Morris Diggs was a phenomenal storyteller. Okay, okay he was. I'm going to give him that as a journalist, a phenomenal storyteller of 40 some odd years, plus years in broadcasting. And this man told stories. You... You knew what was happening. He didn't leave a detail out, and he did it his own way. Mm-hmm. That was his art of storytelling, to mm-hmm. make sure we felt it, right? Exactly. And then, as far as storytelling from a different level, the late, great Maya Angelou was mm-hmm. a storyteller through her poetry. Yeah. Right? Yep. And... You know, there's so oh, there's so many I can name. A, a lot of them for me because you know I'm in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you you can also say that Tom Joyner told great stories when we Indeed. go to the radio room. Indeed, Tom Joyner made you feel these stories mm-hmm. to get your mind to think mm-hmm. about not just black excellence, but what positives are going on in the black community. He told those stories by bringing on those iconic interviews. Matter of fact, we, we are telling this, you're, we are telling your story. We are telling the stories of thousands of people that are listening out here in radio land about filmmaking and why it's so important being communicators, being a great communicator is also part of that art of storytelling. Would you agree? Definitely. Absolutely. Definitely. So now I gave my three. Now <laughs> let's let's get so, the three that you were speaking of. So with me, it's only one, right? Okay. Because I had the pleasure of working with this gentleman, sitting at his feet, and learning the craft from him. Mm-hmm. None other than the great Les Brown. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Top. Yes. Top. Yes. So working with uh, Les Brown, he says that people remember things in threes and fives. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, it's hard for people to remember what is being said. That's true. So if you break down a story in threes and fives, the three things that people want to know is who you are, what do you have to say, and why should I care? Mm. Who you are. What do you have to share and why should I care? Meaning, how is that going to directly affect me? Right, exactly. 
Another, How does it affect my family members yeah, going forward? Exactly. Uh, you know, it just it, it radiates out from the mm-hmm. the core. Basically, you start thinking about yourself and then everybody else, your environment around you, and mm-hmm. what do we need to do to help and so on and so forth. No, yeah. I, I, that's valid. Yes. And, and another thing that he said, staying on the vibration of three, is that when you're telling a story, tell the people what you're about to tell them. Mm-hmm. Tell them. And tell them what you just told them. Mm. Tell the people what you're about to tell them. Tell them and tell them what you just told them. Mm. So as a filmmaker, those are the types of formulas and systems that you have to learn as a filmmaker in order to be able to plug in now your information to tell that great, amazing story. Because the thing is, everybody has a story inside. It's just how you articulate and communicate that story to others is what makes the difference. Absolutely. And I'd be remiss. I don't want to skip over the HBCU experience. We're here at Morris Brown. I get oh, it. Yeah. But you got to shout out Fort Valley State Fort University. Fort Valley State. Fort yes. Valley. By, by <laughs> the way, which is where our Dr. Angela Kennel went to school at Fort okay. Valley State okay. University as well. Um, yeah. Shout out to Dr. Kennel. You can hear our Sundays at uh, 6 a.m. on the 102.6 Situations, Spiritual Situations. But I had to shout her out because we got Fort mm-hmm. Valley alum in here. Yeah. So, you the know, wild cats. you got to, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to shout out to HBCU. But in that HBCU experience. Mm-hmm. Were there projects that you came across that really started to develop your filmmaking skill and further hone in and make them stronger to where mm-hmm. now, look, I got the structure. I know what I, I know where this is going. Yeah. I know the storyline. And this is what we're going to hit. We're going to hit A, B, C and D. And mm-hmm. this is we're standing on that. Yeah. So how has the HBCU experience at Fort Valley State University led you to continue to build the structure because i'm sure you did some film projects there getting started at fort valley state well you know it's it's, it's interesting you know in college you know as young people we're finding ourselves so we're exploring right. so we're trying to fine tune where we should be so going to fort valley state university i was actually a psych major nice <laughs> so, nice I used to see the people in the mass communication class, but I didn't really know what it was, you know. I just right. knew they had cameras and, you know, they were running around because, again, I didn't really uh, produce my first poetry project until 2002, or a film project, which was poetry. But um, while there, I did uh, host a poetry series mm-hmm. in the student center. Mm-hmm. You know, so we... Uh, we uh, promoted a, a, a poetry open mic set in, in Fort Valley, man, at the upstairs in the student center, man. It was uh, it was me, a guy named Nemo that I went to school with, and mm-hmm. uh, it was like two more other guys. I think the other guy was named John, and it was one more guy. I forgot what the other guy's name was. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, so that's crazy. I'm trying to think of that name. But anyway, so that's so on that I was I was finding my way. So I was hosting poetry, but I wasn't producing films. Mm-hmm. So I kind of 
fine-tune that after the whole uh, Deaf Poetry, the HBO Deaf Poetry experience. Mm-hmm. That's when I got into filmmaking. But, you know, while I was at Fort Valley, I was a psych major, man, trying to figure it out because I knew I liked, you know, things, mental things, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I majored in, in, psych, in psychology. But uh, I transferred to Georgia State, and then that's when I got into – uh, music management and filmmaking at Georgia State. Awesome. So that's when it clicked. I was like, "Oh, you need to do this." And yeah. and and glad you gave that because that's what a lot of our listeners out in Radio Land, a, a lot of us want to know that mm-hmm. light bulb moment that clicked in your head. Like, you know what? This is me right here. This yeah. is where my passion is. Yeah. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. This is what I love to do. And glad you you answered that ahead of time because it's always that light bulb moment that really drives you into your passion to serve the purpose. Mm-hmm. And before I get to B1, the movie, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the Rich Kid Society. Oh, man, you went yes, back. <laughs> yes, yes, back to... Back. So. Hey, look, I did say let's take it back to the old school. Let's take yeah. it to Union Square. Even though 2017 is not that old, it's yeah. actually quite recent where mm-hmm. you volunteered with Jack and Jill and of America, Boys and Girls Club, YMCA, Black Men's Lab, and other phenomenal organizations. Speak mm-hmm. a little bit about that because from what I understand... Former President Barack Obama awarded you the President's Lifetime Achievement Award Mm -hmm. for your humanitarian efforts and community service. And we are all about the community here, Mm -hmm. all the communities, not just Atlanta, but everywhere around the world. And Mm -hmm. to hear the extensive level of community work that you continue to do and have done and will do in the future, right? These are quite the accomplishments. And so just kind of deep dive into the legacy of the Rich Kids Society. Mm-hmm. So the Rich Kids Society was born out of uh, the film Black Friday. So I produced a film around financial literacy. It's a three-part series mm-hmm. uh, that had everybody in it from uh, Malcolm Jamal Warner, Hill Harper, uh, David Banner, uh, Cynthia Bailey, Terry J. Vaughn, mm-hmm. like you had a host of people in this documentary and it talked about financial literacy. And the opening question which I'll pose to you is, if you die right now, would you leave bills or benefits? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's got to be the most powerful question ever asked on this program. Wow. Because a lot of people... And, you know, it's a stage in life right now where, and I'm not afraid to say it, I'm on the air, you know, I'm very transparent, but not too transparent. Don't be thinking (laughs) y'all going digging my personal life here on this morning machine. But, to be flat honest, I would have said bills at this moment, which is not a good space to be in. However, it's building the legacy is continuing to build as I continue to enter my prime. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is where my prime is, where life is changing. Mindsets are shifting. Paradigms are shifting. There's a major shift to where now the answer is transitioning to 
the better side of that. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me right at this moment, Bills. Okay. I, I'm not. I'm not even going to, as the young people say, cap. See, I'm still young, but I know these words. I'm not going to cap <laughs> for my listening audience out here and and give you an answer you want to hear. No, we're yeah. not going to do that. I, it, honesty and transparency is always the best way. So I gave you my honest and uh, I gave you my honest answer. Mm-hmm. But we're building and transitioning. It's all about the learning process of this experience called life Mm -hmm. and what you can do to elevate yourself to that next level. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening now. The transition phase that's going on. I'm in my prime. I'm in the prime of my life and that prime is not going to be wasted. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to my daughter, you know, I don't want to leave her with bills. I want to leave her with a lasting legacy. You know what I mean? And it's up to me to take control of life and make it happen so that she doesn't have to struggle with much of anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're going to be an adult very soon in about two years. So <laughs> yeah, as young as I am, she's about to be an adult too, but wow. still either way, that was a phenomenal question to ask. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably one of the most powerful, other than my brother, Coach Jarvis, who asks me powerful questions every day. Uh, from a guest, that's the most powerful question that I've received. So I, I appreciate that. But when you talk about the importance of that question, listening audience probably didn't understand why you asked me that question. So deep dive into that understanding. So- so that was the opening question for a film series that we produced entitled uh, the film Black Friday. Mm-hmm. And from that, we created an illustration, um, a book for, for young people mm-hmm. that we're a partner with the illustrator. And um, we created the Rich Kids Society. So basically, the Rich Kids Society were cast members that we turned into uh, cartoon characters from the movie. So we had cartoon. We had uh, everybody from um, Les Brown, who was in the in the film, uh, David Banner, mm-hmm. uh, Terry J. Doctor yeah. Mike Roberts. Well, right. I didn't turn her character in, into. Um, so some of them, depending on what they said in the film, I turned the cat cartoon character into. You know, turned into a cartoon character. Mm. So it just really depended on what 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 they said in the film. But got um, it. Yeah, but Professor Griff was in the film. I had uh, animation for him. Mm. Uh, so it was a few a few. We probably had about nine ten characters, and we created. I called them the Rich Kids Society because we were creating a society of rich kids. Because you know, oftentimes we have to uh, start from ground zero. Right. As a child, as a kid. And that was the thing that we were working to combat uh, with the film Black Friday. And Mm -hmm. um, hence the Rich Kids Society was an example of kids that didn't have to start from ground zero. So in other words, they were trust fund babies. Mm, Gotcha, gotcha. And, you know, that's still, you know, phenomenal. Everything that you're doing for the community. Like I said, everything that you're about to do for communities, not just in Atlanta, not just in the States, but abroad, because it's a worldwide thing. There are communities that are worldwide that have different 
uh, different struggles, different things that they go through. Not everything is the same in every city that we go to. So we appreciate the level of not just generosity, but your level of philanthropy to the community. Mm -hmm. Philanthropy is not always monetary. It's the resources that you give back to the community. And we value that. So uh, we just, on behalf of everybody out there in Radio Land that can't, can't all speak to you at once right now, we thank you for everything that Man. you have accomplished in the community and continue to do. And thank you, thank you. You spoke about the film Black Friday, but there's another film, uh, even more important film to talk about, and that is B1 The, the movie. movie. That's and, the most recent. And by the way, a lot of, a lot of people don't know that it's known as the code of blackness. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. So let's deep dive into B1. And so where, when was the light bulb moment when you said, you know what? Our community needs this movie <laughs> and I'm going to be the one to make it happen. Wow. Great question. So, um, B1, the movie came about, uh, I got a phone call from Dr. Boyce Watkins. I was, mm -hmm. you know, uh, at the house, and uh, he called and said, hey, man, I want to um, do a documentary on B1, you know, because he had been uh, promoting the term B1, which means black first. So he had been talking about it. And uh, so I was like, wow, okay, when are you looking to produce it? You know, tell me the details, da-da-da-da-da. So uh, we worked out the details and the terms, and uh, we started working on this project in uh, September of 2021. Mm. We started working on B1, the movie. And uh, we premiered it this year in August. Uh, we had a sold-out crowd at the new Black Wall Street. Mm. Uh, so, And we just had one with uh, one of your... One of your previous guests who was just on the show, uh, Yaki. Yes. Had a sold out show in Cincinnati with, with him as well, where we showed B1 the movie. So, uh, And we're getting ready for the Kwanzaa event. Okay. On December the 28th, we're, ha we're hosting a Kwanzaa event. Yes. Uh, called B1 Kwanzaa Experience, where we will actually uh, show the film and have different uh, speakers. We'll mm -hmm. have a pop up show. Right. We'll have uh, cast members there. We got. Uh, Ash Cash from Earn Your Leisure will actually be there. Nice. Uh, Dr. Chica Akua, uh, and some more of the cast members. So we'll have a great time and a, an amazing time at the uh, at B1 Kwanzaa Experience. Absolutely. So that's taking place on uh, December the 28th okay. at 4 p.m. right in the in Atlanta in the West End. Okay. And uh, for more information, you can go to B1TheMovie.com. That's B1TheMovie.com, or you can go to any of the uh, – Social media platforms be one the movie. So, before you know, and I have a couple more questions about be mm -hmm. one the movie, mm -hmm. and we started off with that. But a lot of people have don't have an uh, uh, understanding of this code of blackness, yeah. and to be honest, this is the first time I'm hearing mm -hmm. about it. So, mm -hmm. if you could. And without giving the whole movie away, got it, got it. it because and it, it may it may be a lot of details involved, but without giving the whole entire movie away, 
what is the importance of knowing about B1, the code of blackness? So, again, you know, uh, when producing film projects such as these, I like to start with a, a very thought-provoking uh, question right. for the film. Mm-hmm. So with B1, the opening question is, what is it going to take for black people to get on code and put black people first? Mm. Hold on, hold on. Time, time out, time out. That must be repeated. Please say it again for the people way in the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So the opening question for B1 is, what is it going to take for black people to get on code and put black people first? Mm, 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 mm. I'm telling you now, this is why, folks, this is why he is the documentary king. The. He, you're going to have to put T-H-E-E in front of documentary king from I now on. I received that. I received that. Because every film, every documentary starts off with a thought-provoking question. That thought-provoking question starts a conversation in the workplace no matter how comfortable or uncomfortable people may feel in the workplace about that mm-hmm. question, it can start that conversation. It's a conversation starter. Everything is a conversation starter. And if we don't start the conversation somewhere, then who is? Well, I know who is. Dr. Rick Mathis is going to start that conversation. Respectfully, he's going to start that conversation no matter where you are. Mm-hmm. And with that thought-provoking question, it goes into the explanation throughout the documentary of the code of blackness and what it represents. Exactly. So uh, we start the film with simply giving you the definition of being on code, of on code, I should say. Right. And I'll read that definition real shortly for okay. you. It's in the, uh, in the uh, DVD and the, and the CD package that we have here. Mm-hmm. But it simply says, uh, being on code means being sensitive to what the black society needs to survive and thrive and putting those needs first and foremost before one's personal needs. Mm. You know what? It's so, it's so interesting that you say that because now we ask this question. From your standpoint, just personally, just taking the film out of it for a second, what will it take from your perspective to get our community, black people on code, to put black people first? Yeah, so, I mean, man, so I got a little cheat sheet because I actually have heard uh, the answers from the, the great minds that are featured in the film, from Dr. Claude Anderson to Nuri Muhammad to mm-hmm. Dr. George Frazier, Professor James Smalls, right. Queen of Four, um, so... I have a cheat sheet. So the thing that was really echoed in the film was it's going to take love. It's going to take black love. It's Mm -hmm. going to take uh, a sense of self-identity, knowing who you are, loving yourself, you know, having a self-worth in order to believe that you should be put first. Because a lot of times, you know, uh, from, you know, producing this film, a lot of people don't simply don't believe that they are worthy of being put first. You know, so that's a self-esteem problem. That's a self-esteem issue. So those are some of the things that, um, you know, we address in the film, that we discuss in the film, and um, and we talk about. Because 
uh, black people have gone through something. Black people in America have gone through something that no other race on this planet has gone through. And that being we've been robbed of our land, our language, and our legacy. You know, mm. we're suffering from identity theft. So therefore, if you have an identity problem, then you don't feel a lot of times that you are worthy mm-hmm. of being put first. So, mm. yeah, you know, that's, that's powerful. That's definitely powerful right there. And yes, you did say you had to cheat sheet because mm-hmm. you heard from the great minds that mm-hmm. not only give us the thought-provoking questions that you you do and really put us to task on being able to answer those questions from an accountability standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. But also they're instrumental in the positive change in the black community. Yes. And mm-hmm. that's a great cheat sheet to have, by the way, mm-hmm. um, when you hear from those phenomenal minds and those phenomenal people who who are doing the work, not just talking about it, they're being about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you stand out differently than anyone else that's doing any documentaries of any kind. Mm -hmm. That's why you are the king. Yes. Okay. And so that's, it's just awesome that you, you have this going and And by the way, B one, the movie is currently out now or. Yeah. So if you go to B one, the movie.com, you can, uh, you can uh, purchase, what we have as a four-part set, it's a collector's edition that uh, has a digital QR code for you to watch the film and to listen to the soundtrack. But uh, we also did something else. We also created a DVD as well as a CD for those people who still have DVD players and CD players <laughs> because we wanted even to make though, Even that start, even the DVD players starting to go out, yeah, you know, exactly. about that in favor of streaming, but yes. Yeah. I mean, I like streaming, but don't get me wrong. You know, a lot of times, you know, you could be deleted and deleted from the internet mm-hmm. with one click of the button. That's very if true. You, if you make somebody mad, <laughs> if you put something out that, you know, people don't really uh, want to be out there. So, you know, that's why we said let's do a physical disc as well. So, therefore, you mm-hmm. still have physical disc that you can then rip from the disc and then put on uh, online. Absolutely, but um, but yeah, so it's out, and we also have uh, uh, the soundtrack, which I have a copy uh, for you, and then we have the uh, curriculum that myself and my lovely wife wrote, Isha Mathis, uh, yep. called B One: The Curriculum, which is a 140-page curriculum uh-huh. that uh, has exercises in the curriculum that mm. mirrors the film. So after you nice. watch this film, you can then you then have a curriculum journal. That you can now facilitate and 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 get together, get the family together, and 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 practice these uh, these exercises because in the the curriculum journal there are QR codes right. that you can scan mm-hmm. where you'll see a clip of the film that correlates with the exercise. Wow, yeah. that's awesome right there. Yeah. Um, and and that is so interesting because you. You know, you have a curriculum here related to the movie to not just exercise the thought process, but also exercise the thought processes of the family and whoever's on this curriculum journey with you. 
Exactly. They'll all they'll be able to exercise certain concepts exactly. and be able to just think for a second. You know, it doesn't hurt to think for a second. Exactly. And then you also have a clip to see an example or get a further explanation if there's something that you do not understand about the activity or the question, right? Mm-hmm. You're able to see a clip from the movie you scan. You see a clip from the movie from that specific part. And it really gives more clarity and context to the activity in the curriculum that you're about to do. That That's just awesome. I mean, yeah. you, you don't see things like that. But guess what? It's right here on the table in front of me. That's that, right. It, that's 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 as great as you can get because now you it's an interactive process mm-hmm. way more interactive than anything of yesteryear but this mm-hmm. will really get your mind going in a way where we can start to really okay all right maybe we should be doing things toward this concept maybe answering that question for ourselves and then asking somebody else, maybe this starts a movement and I'm sure prayerfully starts a movement where we do as black people put ourselves first. Exactly. And get on code. Exactly. Right. And, but it has to start with a conversation. It has to start somewhere. And that somewhere is B one, the movie. Yeah. B one, the movie.com B one, the movie on Instagram. Yes. Facebook. All the social media platforms. Absolutely. I'm looking at the site right now uh, where Madam President just came up on the, on the trailer. Okay. So, yeah, I'm looking at that. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ash Cash it just oh, yeah. came up on, on there. And so, you know, check it out. B1themovie.com so you can see what I'm seeing right now. The trailer is right there. You can't miss it. I'm watching it right now. I'm. I have to look up and look down. Look up and look down because I'm trying to keep. I'm trying to pay attention to mm-hmm. both. But because it's because it's so intriguing, mm-hmm. what I'm watching that you can't help to take your eye off the person that. Well, in my case, that you're interviewing. I mean, you got the, you got the you got the man right here. And I'm looking at the credits. You see what I'm saying? I'm not, it's like, <laughs> it's like even the credits. Mm-hmm. You you know you can't help but just constantly look at it. You and you you're looking in my eyes, and I'm looking down at the thing because I'm looking down at the trailer because it's so phenomenally well done. As it should be. You're the documentary king. Black right? excellence. It's black es- excellence. And yeah. you spoke of the quality. Mm-hmm. The quality you, you spoke of just really radiates. Because you can't keep your eyes off of it. Mm-hmm. Even with the person that's in the room. You're mm-hmm. ready to watch this film. If you're doing that, you're ready to watch this phenomenal film. Be one, the movie. It, you got to ask yourself that thought-provoking question. And think about it as you watch. Because I'm going to be watching as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm going to be watching. Mm-hmm. And it, this is a great holiday gift yes. for anybody out there that... If you have you you want to get some last minute gifts, 
and you want them to start that thought-provoking conversation with their family, this is a great gift. Let's go ahead and get and get behind and support. Show our support and get on code with B1 the movie. And just real quick, as I know we have nine minutes, nine minutes to the top of the hour before we close. We're going to repeat it again in just a minute. But everywhere where B1 the movie can be found and how we can find you, follow you and connect. Yeah. So, again, uh, you could get your copy of B1 the movie uh, online, B1themovie.com. Uh, it's also uh, in L.A., uh, Long Beach. It's at Shades of Africa bookstore. So it's at several bookstores around the country. Uh, Madhu Bookstore right here in Atlanta. Um, in uh, Virginia, it's at Brett. I think it's Brett Bookstore. No, uh, Vibes Bookstore is the name of that one, but Brett is the owner. So, uh, yeah, so it's at uh, several different bookstores around the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well as online, man. So um, if I could close with the B1 Pledge, we also have a B1 Pledge mm-hmm. that, uh, that goes with the film. Absolutely. And so that B1 Pledge simply says, I pledge allegiance to the flag of united black people of the world and to our ancestors on which we rise. One nation, one community, indivisible, united in spirit, power, and truth, Putting us first, manifesting black excellence for all. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Now that right there is how you close an interview right there. Once again, Dr. Rick Mathis, thank you so much. Really appreciate you for being on the show this morning. And you're going to help me close in just a minute. But uh, wow. This is absolutely awesome. And like I said, we need everybody, everybody out there in Radio Land that's listening to the sound of our voices here in this room today to go ahead and show your love and support and get behind this movie. Get on code. That's what it's all about. And make sure that when you're asked that question, that powerful question to start, when you see it, think about it. And get the facts. So, with that said, thank you so much for being on the Morning Machine. We're going to we're going to stay a couple of seconds here because we need to get some Nas on here because Let's uh, do it. if we if we were on code, we could definitely rule the world. What? Let's get into it. It is six minutes. Six minutes. Dougie Fresh time till the top of the hour.